0: Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. I'm going to just lead us in a quick prayer before we jump into this. Father, we just thank you, Lord, today that we as your people, that we would come out of hiding. If there's areas in our lives where we're hiding from you, God, that we would come to you and that you would uh, speak to us today, God. Because your desire is to establish a deeper relationship with us. And you want to know us in a deeper way. So God, we come to you. We ask that you would speak to us and speak to our hearts today. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Awesome. Well, today I want to talk, the title of my message uh, is is Prodigal Father. I want to talk about the prodigal son, but I titled this message Prodigal Father. And as we go through it, I believe God's going to speak to our hearts. You know, there's this this thing... um, that we call pondering. How many take time to ponder? I find, I find what happens is the, we live in, in a, in a tech, technological age where we always got you know, our, our phones and our computers and our uh, electronic devices and Netflix and all this stuff. And I find that we get so preoccupied with receiving information. How many know that knowledge increases in the end days, right? So we have all this knowledge coming in, and, and I think that it, it's good sometimes to put away our devices and just have a bit of time to just think and just ponder, uh, and there 's this creative ability in us that comes out, and I think that as, as good as electronics are, as good as this is for us at the same time if we if we don 't balance it out, we lose our our ability to really ponder and think for ourselves. Somebody would agree with that and I had this deep thought the other day, and the reality is this is every single person, uh, at least in this part of the world, maybe in asia it 's a little different, but in this part of the world, every single day, people on this planet are writing or looking at something. That should cause them to ponder, um, and that is the most uh, powerful event in history. And it just hit me, you know, as I'm writing down your writing, you know, you write the date down and you put 2019. You look at your phone, you see 2019, right? And what does that mean, right? 2019 years since when? Since what happened 2019 years ago? Right? And and everybody sees that date, and nobody stops to ponder that maybe if if somebody came to earth, and we believe he's the son of God, but even if you didn't believe he was the son of God, there's a figure that comes to earth that so shakes this earth with this teaching that time is based on him. Right? And and, and we don't stop to think about that. A D, right? We live in A D, it actually means. It doesn't mean after death. It actually is the Greek word, or Latin word, annos dominie, which actually means in the year of our Lord. So Jesus was born roughly 2,019 years ago. So every single day we look at the time and the calendar, it's a reminder that Jesus, Jesus came for the world. And, and, and the word BC means before Christ. And I think if Jesus came and he, you know, he claimed as a teacher, he claimed that I'm the son of God. And there's documented, there's miracles, there's the resurrection, there's the missing body, all of these things. He impacted the earth so in three and a half years, was his ministry, that time is based on him. So maybe he has something really good to say. Maybe we need to open the Bibles for ourselves and say, what does Jesus, what does this, this Jewish teacher have to say to us? Uh, we, let's look and see what he has to say. And And I believe that he came with this heart. He said, I come to reveal the father. And so I was looking at Luke chapter 15, and I'm going to start in verse one and two. And it says this, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and the teachers, uh, made the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. And so here's the thing, Jesus hung around with people that were not liked by anyone. Now, tax collectors in those days... Like, we live, in a, we live in, a, in a society that has laws, but we have rights. In those days, back then, when the king said, go collect the taxes, those tax collectors would show up and say, you owe 10%. And instead of saying, you owe 10%, well, you owe 12%, and they take 2% off the top for themselves. And so there was no, you know, system like we have today. And so they were robbing the people. So nobody liked tax collectors. So if you can think about someone that nobody likes... Jesus would sit down with that person. That's the heart of Jesus. I want you to think, um, the Bible says Jesus had lunch with notorious. The word notorious means famous sinners. So we're not just talking about, this is like the people everybody knows in town, you know? Like, you know, the prostitute that everybody knows and nobody will talk to You know, the, uh, the, the drug dealer that nobody will talk to. Like, that is the bad guy in, in the community. The town drunk, that guy. Jesus would go and sit down with these guys. Like, think about when you guys were in high school. Some of you maybe still are. But when you were in high school, think about the worst kids in the school and how they would sit together. And you, Maybe you were that person. Hopefully you weren't. <laughs> but you could have been, right? And, and you're, you're in high school, and you see, you know, this guy who claims he's the son of God passes everybody and goes and sits at the lunch table with the drug dealers and the bullies. This is what Jesus did. And, 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 and the religious people were upset. They said, they complained. Why are you sitting with these people? You're too good for these people. And Jesus said, no, 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 no. He goes, I'm going to explain something to you, okay? He values people. God values people despite their behavior, despite their reputation, and he wants to reach people. John chapter 17, verse 25 and 26, Jesus says, oh, righteous father, He's praying. He says, The world doesn't know you, but I do. And these people know you sent me. I've received you. Okay. I have revealed, sorry, you to them. And I will continue to do so. Then your love for me will be in them, and I will be in them. So Jesus is saying, I want to reveal my love to people. I want them to know how much you love them, God. And and that was the heart of Jesus. He came to reveal the Father. So Jesus does something here. He tells, Three stories, say three stories, to kind of help the religious people understand how much God values people. It's not always about right and wrong. It has to do with the heart. God wants you to know him. He wants you to be a son. He wants you to be a daughter. He just He's not after you just following the rules. He wants it from the heart. And look what he says here, okay? He tells the first story about the lost sheep. The second story is about the lost coin. And the third story is about the prodigal son. So I'm going to read the first story. So Jesus told him this story. If a man has a 100 sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he'll joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. And when he arrives, he will call together his friends and his neighbors saying, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. In the same way, look, look what it says here. There is more joy, say more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and turns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and have strayed away. So there's more joy. Say more joy. So today we're we're gathered together and we're singing songs and we're worshiping God. And heaven, God is looking down and there's joy. He's like, I'm so happy to see my people together getting along, singing songs to me, and there's joy. But somewhere in town, let's imagine while we're worshiping, there's a girl kneeling by her bed, trying to decide whether or not she's going to slice her wrists again or she's going to cry out to God. And she makes the choice to say, you know what, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. I I need you in my life and I'm going to turn my life around. I'm going to tell you something. There's joy here, but all of heaven, there's more joy there because he's willing to leave the 99 to go after the one. And sometimes we think that, you know what, I'm not good enough for God. I couldn't go back to where the churches. I couldn't go back with those people because, you know, God, God's not going to accept me. Well, the Bible's telling me that he's out looking for the one. And there's more joy over you when you start pondering and thinking about, maybe I should go back. Heaven is going crazy. They're like, yes! And, and we're thinking, if I go back, will he accept me? You see, you see, Jesus is painting a picture of what the heart of God is like. If you have strayed from God, you need to know that he's passionate about finding you. He's passionate. Say, he's passionate about finding me. Here's a second story. The second story is about the lost coin. In Luke chapter 15, verse 8 to 10, he says here, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and she loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will call in her friends and her neighbors and she'll, she'll say, rejoice with me because I've found my lost coin. In the same way there's joy in the presence of God's angel when even one sinner repents. In the words, we're all sinners. We've all broken the law of God. We're unfortunately we're born with it because of Adam's sin. But God is searching for us. You see the scripture is saying here there's There's joy in the presence of God's angel when one sinner, say one, so there's seven billion people on the planet, and I can guarantee you there's probably hundreds getting saved every day, so heaven's a happy place. I think some people are going to get to heaven, and they're going to be like, man, this is like the, this is like a joy club, you know, everyone's happy, and. There's no depression in heaven because people are getting saved. Amen? But here's the thing. The coin doesn't know it's lost. And, 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 and coins don't realize they're lost because, you know, they, they're not human, right? So they don't know their they're lost. They're an object that's lost. The coin has, no, has value to the owner. The coin if you're a coin, you have value to the owner. So the owner wants to find you, say, "I have value to God. But the coin has no value unless it's in the hands of the owner. And God wants us, God wants to find us. He wants to find people so that they can find their identity and find their value and find their destiny. Because it doesn't matter who you are, you can have all the money in the world, you can have a great career, you can have uh, everything going good for you, but if you don't have God, there's, there's this void inside that's always, it's always like, what, what if? What's my purpose? Why am I here? Where am I going? And it nags at you at a subconscious level, always going where? What? Why? And, and God wants to fill that place. He wants you to have value. He wants you to know that he loves you, right? Has anyone ever lost their wallet? Tony, my man. Tony, say hi, Tony. Everyone waved to Tony. He's got his hand up there. So Tony came in to see me at the church a few weeks ago, and he was panicked. He's like, have you seen my wallet? I lost my wallet. This was probably a Monday or Tuesday. Couldn't find his wallet. And he looked everywhere. And there's this panic, like, I've got to find. There's value to this. Thank God you found it, right? We prayed, and someone called you from the dollar store. You got it back. Good stuff. But, you know, when you, I've lost my wallet. It's such a pain because you've got to go get a new ID, new license, new social insurance. You know, it's a big hassle, right? So it's like that with God. God feels the same way. It's like, this is valuable to me. And his mind is on finding that lost coin. It's on finding you. And Jesus is trying to explain to the religious people with these three stories that God places value on people. Let's say that together. God places value on people. And he's willing to leave us to go and find the loss. That's just hard. Has anyone ever lost your phone? Yeah, I lost my phone a little while ago and I was really like freaking out. I'm like, where's my phone? You know, they're, they're not cheap anymore. And uh, so I lost my phone and I think I talked to Chris Bellis or somebody and he said, oh yeah, there's this, this thing now, you can find your phone app. And I had it on my phone. I was like, really? So got on my wife's phone, got the app and I'm looking for my phone and it shows you where, it actually shows you where you went and it has like a little map on Google map and it, it shows you where it was left. How many have ever used that? And it's really cool. It's kind of invasive, too. It's like Big Brother stuff. But anyway, the point is, my phone's missing. I don't know what to do, right? I'm panicking. I'm like, so I go on this app. and I'm like, okay, I went here. Then I went over here. And then I went to the church. And then, uh, oh, it's at my house. Oh, it's down the crack of the couch. Okay, there we go, right? But, but the app helps you find. And I believe God's got a GPS on your your heart, on your soul. He's after people. He knows where people are at, and he's after them. He wants to find you because you have value to him. Can I hear amen? Amen. Let's move on to the uh, third story. The third story is the prodigal son. The word prodigal actually means spending money or uh, resources freely and recklessly, wastefully and extravagantly. That's what prodigal means, to spend resources extravagantly. And, and here's the story, Luke chapter 15, 11 and 24. To illustrate the point further, Jesus says, i got to make sure these religious people understand. So I'm going to give them a third story. Say a third story. And here it is. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my shares of my estate now before you die. So as the father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all of his belongings and he moved to a distant land. And there, he wasted all his money in wild living. About that time, his money had ran out. A great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. And you know what? We, as I'm just going to put my own story in here, we can spend all our resources, all our gifts and talent. This is what he did. He spent everything that he had, and he began to starve. He began to I, I'm I'm hungry for more. And I was a point in my life where I had a good job, I had my own place, I had a fairly new car, I had a girlfriend, I had all these friends, and I, you know, this is what I want, I I don't have anything to complain about, I got my health, but there was this nagging on the inside of me that I'm not satisfied, I'm empty, and by the way the Spirit of God convicted me, I began to, I said, I want to go home, I want to go back to the faith of my parents because... There was true joy there. This, all of this is empty. You can have all the things in the world, but if you don't have your relationship with God, there's a lack, there's, a, there's emptiness. How many would agree with that? And so what he did was he spent everything, he spent all his resources, and he persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him out into the field to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. Sometimes the, we get so hungry that pig food actually looks good to us, right? And it's like the things that, you know, we just, we we begin, well, maybe if I fill it with this this slop, with this, maybe this addiction will feed it, and it'll bring me some nourishment. Maybe if I, I feed it this way, and you begin to find ways to feed, feed that longing on the inside, but it's pig slop. And God doesn't want you to live. He wants you to have the best. And so look what happens. So when he finally came to his senses, say, finally, okay, He said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough uh, food even to spare, and here I am going hungry, all right? And like I said, I had everything that I needed as a young man. I I thought I had it all, but there was this hunger in me that I need to go back. I have to go back to God. And so I decided, as he did, I will go home to my father. I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant servant. And so he returned home to his father with this plan that I'm just going to go back and beg. Can I come back and just be a servant? You know, I've already blown it. I've blown the money you've gave me. I've used all my talents and resources. There's no value anymore, but can I at least come back home where I can have a meal? All right. So he returned home to his father. And here's the thing. And while he was still a long way off, say a long way off, his father saw him coming. And here's the key. Filled with love and compassion uh, he ran to his son, embraced him, and he kissed him. And so Jesus here is trying to tell the religious people, this is the heart of God. This is how God, this is my father's heart. He loves the down and out. He loves people. It doesn't matter what their situation, the trials, the struggles, the abuses that have gone on. In the life. I want to reach them. And, and when, when people make a decision that I'm going I'm to turn back to God, I'm going to pursue God. Our tendency is to say, he's not going to accept me. He's not going to want me back. But as we begin to move forward towards him, the Bible says, while the son was a long way off, was to it say? His father saw him coming. God's looking. And so even when you're far from God, say far from God. And, and, and you're in that place where I was, you know, when I was, you know, ashamed to say it, but when I was was a high or a drunk and in that place, and I, and I remember just going, God, maybe maybe I need you. I was still far from him, but God's attention went up. I see my son. I see his heart starting to turn towards me. And God is looking and waiting because his heart is to restore people, right? And while he was a long way off, his father saw him or her coming. Filled, say filled, with love and compassion. He wasn't filled with judgment. He was filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. Now, the first two stories I told you, did you know that a sheep is not a human? Right? You know that, right? It's an, it's an animal. A coin is obviously not human, so the owner can go after it. But the prodigal son, he didn't go after the son. Do you know why? Because we're made in the image of God, and he loves us so much that he gave us free will. And so if, we, if he chose to come after us, if he went after the son and made him come home, he'd have his body physically, but he wouldn't have his heart. And God God allows sometimes the situations of life and the roughness of life to cause us, to say, you know, I really want to have a relationship with God. And then we begin to go back to the Father, and he gets excited. Because now you're exercising your free will. You're choosing God. Nobody's forcing you. How many have struggled with that as a parent? I'm going to make my kid have my values, right? That's hard. We have, to, we have to teach and we have to train them, but we need them to make a decision from their heart, right? And so let's, let's continue here. So his son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of be calling your son, being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house, put it on him. Get a ring, put it on his finger. And sandals for his feet. And kill the fattened calf. The calf we've been fattening up for the family barbecue. Kill it because guess what? We want to honor this boy. Look what he says. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead. Now he has returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. And I love this last part here. So the party began. This is what it's all about. God wants our hearts. And and so the son comes back thinking, listen, I'm just going to be a servant. But the father says, no, no, no. Put the finest robe. And the slave's like, Are you sure? We have a used suit in the back of the closet that used to fit you. Let me throw that on your son, right? He said, no, no, get the Armani. Get the nice suit. Get the polished shoes, right? I want you to put the finest on him because I want everyone who sees him to say, hey, this, this, this guy is, is loved by his father. This one has been restored. And you know what? When, when we talk about robes, robes actually cover our nakedness. Robes cover our shame. And when you come to Jesus... It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. Remember what I said? Jesus was sitting down with the popular sinners. He was sitting down with the tax collectors. He was talking with the prostitutes because he doesn't judge us based on where we've been. He wants to cover us. He wants our shame to be covered. And so when I look at Chris here, I don't see him in a sweaty t-shirt and shorts. I see him in Armani suit, right? I'm just teasing him man, he's got... I'm just teasing. But God God wants people to see you, and you you want to feel... How many feel good when you dress up, you know? I dress up once in a while, I wear a suit jacket, right? It's not really my thing, but I wear a, a bit of a suit when I do a wedding or a funeral. I feel pretty good, right? And God wants us to feel good. He wants our shame to be covered. He wants you to know that wherever you've been, he's here to be a father. Not when you think, oh, God's the judge, and yes, there's truth to that, but he's our father, okay? A ring represents belonging to belonging to, you know, how many know that if you're part of a sports team, you can get a ring. If you're part of some fraternity group or something, you can get a ring. If you get married, you have a ring, right? Once from the sun, I took my ring off, slip it in my finger. she get mad at me, so i go back on really quick. she put your ring on. So people got to know you're taken, right? And that's important. And says, I want, I want my son, when people look at my son, to see that he's part of the family again. He's not just a servant, okay? Now, the other thing is, the servant was given sandals, Sandals represent, in those days, it represented, it represented that you were part of uh, sonship, because basically slaves and servants many times couldn't afford sandals. You couldn't go to the store and buy Nikes. I mean, you had, like, it, it was expensive to get shoes, so if you were part of a family or higher up in society, you would have sandals and everyone else would go bare feet. And he said, I want people to look down and realize that he's my son again. He's not just a slave. He's he's my son. So religion is not the answer. Um, It's seeking spirituality. Religion is is seeking spirituality without seeking a relationship with God. Amen? Um, And I'm just going to finish with a couple scriptures, and then we have a video clip. The word prodigal, as I said in the beginning, it means spending resources recklessly and extravagantly. And I title this message the prodigal father because I believe that the the servants of the father are probably going like what's wrong with you you're like extravagantly blessing someone who took your inheritance ran he he wasted all your money that you gave him and he lived a rotten life and now you're just extravagantly blessing him and covering him but this is the heart see God is a prodigal father he wants to bless us All right, John 3 16 says for God so loved he didn't just love he so loved say so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. And then he said in Romans chapter 8, 32 and 35, look what he says, since God did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us, say, everything? Well, you might say, I don't have much. But guess what? Eternity is a long time. I mean, you know, like, eternity is a really, really long time. I came in my son's room. I got a... An... Jonas is 12. And he's sitting in bed grinding his teeth going... Rrr. I came up and I said, what's wrong with you? He's like twisting and turning. He goes, I'm thinking about how long eternity is. I'm like, it's like, it's driving me nuts. He goes, I'm always going to be alive. I'm never going to die. What am I going to be doing 10 billion years? I'm like, son, relax, man, relax. <laughs> it's like, it's okay. I said, I've been there. I did the same thing. I said, they're going like, you know... Maybe I can ask God to like blank my memory so that I can just like start over. It's like living for, and you know, you just. And I said to him, I said, listen, our human minds cannot figure out eternity. And I said, if you tried to explain to a, a dog how a car is built, his his mind cannot figure that out. It's not designed. And I said, neither is ours. So just relax. You're just, okay, Dad. But God wants to give us. The Bible says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, or entered into the mind of man the things that God has prepared. For those that love him. Amen. Awesome. Why don't we stand together? Maybe you're in this place today and you you feel like a prodigal and God is maybe you're seeing this a little different today. God wants you to know that he loves you, that he, 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 he is this is a portrayal, Jesus. The one who time is based on came and said, This is what God is like. Let me explain to you what he's like. And he explained that he's a loving father, that is crying out for his sons and daughters to return home free will and if you're in this place today and you, and you don't know him I believe that he wants you to understand that he loves you and he has a plan for you and he's waiting for you to come home maybe you're in this place and you're already a believer you already consider yourself a Christian but there's areas in your life where you're, you're a prodigal to God there's areas that you're struggling that you need to bring to God and say God I'm bringing this to you this is a struggle in my life And I want you to be the one to help me with it. Amen? And so if you're in this place today, I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything, because I know that God's Spirit is talking to you right where you are. If you're in this place, I want you to pray this. We're all going to pray it together. But I want you to pray it from your heart. And I promise you that the Bible says when we call out in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and begins to transform us from the inside out. It's it's some, it's some a supernatural spiritual thing. See, God is not just an energy. He's not a force. He's not the universe. He's a personal living being that chooses and asks us to call Him Father. He's actually male and female because the Bible says He created man in His image, male and female. So God's got that feminine aspects, but he ch- asked to be called Father, and he's, he's an all-loving being that wants to have a relationship with you. So if you're in this place, and this message is speaking to you right now, I feel it's like God's taking you in the spirit realm. He's taking you, it's like you're coming back to him. I want you to pray this with me, and I want everybody to pray, and if you've never prayed this before, and you mean it from your heart, I want you to tell somebody after you prayed, come and tell me, Pastor Peter so says, hey, I, I prayed that prayer for the first time, because we want to start to support you in that but let's pray say Heavenly Father thank you for being a loving Father I know you've been waiting for me to come home I'm putting my faith in Jesus I'm asking you Lord to be the Lord of my life I want to know your extravagant love I ask you to forgive me for going my own way And for the sins that I've committed, I want to be covered with your robe of righteousness. I ask that you would receive me now. Send your spirit to live in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says... If you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And I know even now there's people in this place that God is just touching you. And you're going to leave here feeling different. You know, I went from being a drug dealer, and alcoholic, and uh, just a messed up messed up case of functioning. I worked, but I lived this lifestyle. God delivered me like that. Within a week or two, I was free. Didn't want any of that stuff. Because God's spirit moved in and began to change me from the inside out. Isn't that good news? awesome well listen that's our service for today I'm glad you came if you, anybody wants prayer we do have a prayer team that's just going to come forward in the meantime let's just hang out and have fun let's give them a hand thank you for listening we hope that you enjoyed our message if you are in the quinty west area we would love to have you visit us on sunday morning at 24 dundas street west trenton ontario Check out our service times on our website at at atthecrossroads.ca.